casually walking it's a it's a it's a jaunt honestly <laughs> that's a, that's our usual pace is a leisurely jaunt yes sometimes it's more of just like looking towards what you want to get to while sitting on a bench and being like yeah you know we'll get there eventually mm-hmm. <laughs> i assume there's a bus that will come by to pick us up and to take us over there at some point i think i've lost yeah. the thread on this metaphor already immediately yeah it's 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 definitely gone hi everybody (laughs) welcome to the retro breakdown um it's about 11 p.m for me right now i'm coming to you from incheon south korea and uh we just have to tom and i are just figuring out a, a time that we can both record this at the same time which means that it's early for him and late for me um i'm just coming off my second of my second like hour and a half long nap of the day (laughs) which is a super healthy sleep cycle to have are are, are restaurants and stuff open there in the middle of the night 24 hours nice all right well hey at least you can eat eat well while while being half asleep well the restaurants are not all 24 hours um the convenience stores definitely are and the convenience store game in korea is similar to japan in that it has incredible food God, I love, I miss, one of, <laughs> one of my favorite memories of being in, in Japan was not doing anything Japan related besides eating uh, convenience store food because we, we were there for like several weeks. So one day there was a big Dota tournament and I wanted to watch the end of the, like I wanted to watch the, the grand finals and the finals before it. So I spent pretty much the whole day just inside watching the shows while eating a ridiculous amount of convenience store food and it was mm-hmm. delicious and awesome even just dumb stuff like cheetos like their their special bagged version of cheetos were, were so good and obviously that's can't be true and it's just in my head and it's just you know the effect of being in japan eating food that's not you can't get you know that you normally can't eat yeah um, or i mean other foods that you normally can't eat then everything tastes better because it's that magic of being in a new place it's, it's sort of like when you were uh, talking about your apartment there, and you're like, "Look at this place! It has a shower." <laughs> it's it's impossible to describe how good the shower is. Like I, you know, I I joke, but I know exactly what you mean. I I truly do. When like, when you have that the water pressure and the 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 way that it just feel like there's good showers and bad showers. When you've had a yes. bad shower, then you when you feel like when when you come from a bad shower. Or having used a bad shower, and then you get to use a good shower. It's like, whoa, this is night and day. Like, there's a there's a threshold where it's like you would think that the answer is like, well, you know, a good shower is just more water pressure. Sure. And like, I do like a shower that has good water pressure, but I have been in showers where the water pressure is too high and it feels like it's gonna bruise you. <laughs> It's like beating you to death. <laughs> or yeah, like yeah, like the shower heads where you can change the 
the the speed that it comes out of, but yeah, this one yeah. you can't change the speed of. So it's just like that <laughs> giant pulsing mass of blobs of water. And yes, exactly. <laughs> and it just it just hurts a little bit. <laughs> this is probably this might be the best shower I've ever been in because a a shower where like the water pressure is good but it results in like a high volume of water rather than like rather than it coming out really strongly and it just it, yeah dispersed in a nice way yeah it just feels like a big water hug <laughs> yeah yeah like it's like i was super excited about it when i was showing it off and it's like it seems silly because I'm just showing a normal looking shower. But like you step you into it understand. and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Now, granted, I associate this shower with like washing off, you know, 22 hours worth of travel gunk. Yeah, well, so, I mean, the, the best shower of traveling is the first shower, regardless of if it's good or not. So when yes. it's good, it's even better. Yes, so it's I, I it's probably somewhat exaggerated in my mind just because of the association of be, being the first shower after a long flight and also just like after a lot of sweating when I'm out walking around because it's been surprisingly hot here and I brought exactly one pair of shorts. <laughs> well, yeah, but you've got your fancy coat for the fancy man. Yeah, for when it eventually stopped being <laughs> 70 degrees here. Yeah. Well, and, and for those of you that don't know, Time Wonder and myself are the kind of, you know, folks that you'll see wearing shorts when it's still 40 degrees out. Yeah, 70's really hot. So, yeah, 70, 70 is my point of like, oh, the AC has to be on if I if I have, a, if it's available to me. <laughs> the apartment we're staying in is like surprisingly well, uh... It's surprisingly, I don't know, like, I guess well insulated or... Sure, yeah. Ventilated? Maybe I don't both. know, like, it's it's gotten warm and it's gotten hot. It's gotten warm and it's gotten cold, <laughs> rather. Sorry. <laughs> it's been it, hot and hot. Yeah, no, it's gotten, you know, it's gotten into, like, the mid-70s, I think, since we've been here. But it's also get, gotten down into, like, the 40s and 50s at night. Okay, yeah. Either of which could, like depending on the type of place that you're staying, like mid seventies can make it 80 something in your room and you need to turn on the AC. And if it's not insulated well enough, then like the temperature going down at night could also make you need to turn on the heat. Yeah, no, I, that's, it's, it's true. And, and the, the, the best part is of that kind of temperature, like the way that it fluctuates like that is that you're not really too uncomfortable, even if you're warmer because you know, it's going to cool down. So it's like, it feels the, the seven, 70 degrees feels cooler when it goes down to 50 at night as opposed yeah. to 70 degrees being the norm, even right. if it doesn't fluctuate. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've not really um, we've not really needed to turn on the air at all. It's been super comfortable in here pretty much all day either way. Well, and since you're in a high rise apartment at the moment, if you have your windows open, I imagine there's a good breeze and stuff like that. Yes. too. Yeah. And we've had the we've had the windows open pretty consistently, even though these windows don't have screens. So we're also letting in a bunch of mosquitoes. Oh sh no, no, nope. Mm -mm. So that sucks, actually. You know um, the the windows in Brazil don't have screens either, for like typically. Uh, and <laughs> the first time I was in Brazil, one day I I 
was napping. And you know how you get that feeling where it feels like something's looking at you and you don't know why, like your body lets off those, you know, it's like you're like, that's that sense. I mean, yeah, I'm going to call it a spider sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But in this case, it was a spider sense. Cause I turned around and there was a big ass spider on the walls. Like, Whoa, that thing's huge. And it just, you know, it just kind of waltzed in through the window. And I was, I was not ready for that. Cause I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of spiders. <laughs> I'm. I'm also not a huge I'm an, fan. <laughs> I would, in fact, say I'm. An, I'm. An, I'm. A, I'm against spiders when they're in my house. Outside, live your life. You know, do do what you want. But I'm not one of those people that would be okay with you know a, a huntsman spider living in the corner of their <laughs> of their living room, anti, <laughs> or really any spider. <laughs> anti spider cohabitation. Yeah, exactly. I know it's not really fair. You guys don't know what you're doing, so I, I can't be mad at you. Like, you know, you're just a spider living your life being like, what the hell is this apartment? I don't know what this is. It's just, you know, a place to snack on things. So it's not fair to the spiders to be annoyed at them. But at the same time, they're spooky. And yeah, so it was it was weird to have no screens on windows in in, in, a, in a building because it's they're they're on like every window in America. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I there is a thing up at the top of this window that looks like it might be a screen that like pulls down oh because there's like a that string, sounds cool there's like a string up there and yeah. it looks like it's attached to what might be sort of a sort of a, a, a screen like like a shade or something like that mm. we are both too afraid to pull it down in case we're wrong <laughs> and we and we end up yanking on this string and it breaks something <laughs> i mean you could just pull on it lightly I, you don't gotta like jump on, like use it to support you. <laughs> I mean, I have, I have. You don't like, have your own strength. I have lightly pulled on some, uh, pulled on things, and tried to force things open, and I don't know, man, one too many times. I I do understand. I well, it's not your place, right? <laughs> like. It's you don't want to break something when you're traveling. Yeah, <laughs> and it feels different because if you were at a, a a hotel, then it would be kind of like, hey, this thing doesn't work, and you wouldn't. It would be a different feeling. But when it's an Airbnb setup, you're sort of, you know, it feels like it's a, I don't know, it just feels different in my head. Where I would I would be in this similar position where I wouldn't want to this risk is, breaking it. This is weirdly both. This okay. is this. So this is just like an apartment building. Yeah. But the there is clearly like a, a company that is running that this owns pe- the build. Yeah, ah. that is that is running this particular unit. Okay, sure. Because they've got like a brand name and everything. Maybe that's that's kind of cool. I think they own several different units in this building. Also, we this building is like brand new. Yeah, and that's I, what I, that's what you were saying. I believe it was built like last year. And it is surrounded on all sides by like a bunch of cranes building yeah, you know, other my... buildings that are probably going to be done within the next year. Do you know what my first thought was when when you when you showed the picture of all of the cranes like down the street? Were you thinking of uh, like New Donk City and Mario in Mario Odyssey? No, my first thought was Spider Man 
Oh yeah. <laughs> and and just like swinging through the city from them because that's they you know they they try to make it feel oh yeah this makes sense Spider Man's swinging through the city because sometimes there's not buildings what's he attaching to oh of course it's a crane it's a every crane building, yeah every building has a crane that his web is attaching to so that was my very first thought when I saw it. <laughs> Oh, you know, speaking of comic book movies or comic books, we, we I was saw, actually um, just going to see. Uh, speaking of Spider Man, really? Yeah, I Jesse and I watched um, No Way Home on, on the plane. Uh, on the plane. Uh, nice. What'd you think? F- finally caught up on that. They really oversold the amount that Doctor Strange is in that movie. Doctor Strange, yeah. And, well, Andy was kind of an idiot because he did something and then was surprised that the child was asking him questions about it and and like yeah i know you're, you can't think about the plot too much in a comic book movie yada 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 but man the how we got to that point was really dumb now that movie was pretty much survived on well, for me like the nostalgia of seeing the other spider-men so it didn't really matter yeah but there was, was a part of me that was like that's silly <laughs> that was really cool but it was also something that i had um I was sort of aware of like it's right. been out for it's been out for like a year or two now and like yeah, I, think I was yeah, almost... I was sort of loosely aware of like the general direction that the plot goes mm-hmm. and uh, and some of the some of the cool tricks that it does so I was you know I was kind of prepared for some of it I thought the way that they did it was interesting but yeah I I kind of agree with you because like there's this whole thing where without going like full spoilers although i'm not sure anyone cares at this point yeah um, i think people that have seen it have i mean that care have seen the movie but yeah there's this whole thing where like dr strange starts starts doing the spell but then he like just kind of they talk about it like briefly but he really needs to like sit down and like sort of determine some parameters. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, here's what here's what will happen. Let's at least talk about it for yeah. more than an emotional second. <laughs> and yeah, and and Strange just starts doing it. Yeah, I was, I was, I, I just, I had this moment of uh, because when I saw the trailer and I saw they kind of alluded to that happening, I was like. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to turn off that aspect of the movie because I don't really care how they get to the point of having the Spider-Men together. Right, and that's right. all I'm really hoping for. But it was really, it was really Saturday morning cartoony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Where it's, it's like, here, let's have it happen to get to the next plot point. I I am never a huge fan of when you get from point A to point B in the plot because of just talk. Yeah. Like, where it's like, if you had just discussed this for, like, one minute beforehand, this wouldn't have happened. I mean, that's one of my biggest complaints with a lot of a lot of movies in general, where the, the, the entirety of the plot would be handled if the two characters just had a conversation for, yeah. I don't know, 30 seconds. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and you're just kind of thinking, why? I mean, there has to be a better storytelling push than to just have two characters not want to communicate (laughs) right 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 (laughs) because because seriously if they had talked about what the repercussions of this spell would be or if something happens to go wrong i'm sure they would have been like yeah okay (laughs) yeah maybe this doesn't make sense these are things that need to be discussed and also like does strange really not think that the kid might not have had like one or two close friends and confidants that he would want to like remember his identity yeah, right exactly 
like a sidekick or something. <laughs> like Or maybe themselves. Right? Like <laughs> I mean, he was kind of instrument he's like a he's like an important character, and I don't really remember how it works, but he was also technically the person that was supposed to get a lot of be, like have a big say in what happens with the stark technology from is my understanding like mm-hmm. like he had a my he had a controlling voice in that because of the last movie i think and like he was supposed to be in so it was just like erasing all how, how does that work like there was they didn't think for they basically thought okay how do we who cares about all of this how do we get toby mcguire to be in this movie yeah 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 <laughs> and uh what's the other guy's name oh my god Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, the one that, I I love that they <laughs> I really do love that they played up the whole man, I didn't get to do anything cool as Spider-Man. Like he like they he really did feel like the third wheel and they they made it they made it funny in a in like a good way, I thought, and how they yeah. how they uh kind of teased his Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, they uh that was a really neat way to like you're right, like all of the all of the weird plot set up aside and and the fact that like they literally just wrote strange out of like the middle 80 percent of the movie <laughs> yeah. um because like it looked like it was gonna it looked like he was gonna be a huge part of the movie and he is at least in terms of like setting up everything happening i mean it's his fault yeah and then but... he kind of puts it together but i, I... You're, and, you're, and you're right, and I think part of what happened was is the when COVID hit, because I think the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness movie was supposed to come out before it, and they were going to use the character from that mm. to kind of set up what happened in this movie, and then that didn't work out. I don't really know. I don't follow it that closely, but I have a friend who does, and he was explaining to me some of the reasoning for why it felt a little off, or why some of the characters, like a character that should have been there wasn't, and that would have helped I see. kind of bridge that you know disbelief you have to create sure that makes sense but yeah so so, so overall yeah, though, what did the, you what did you think overall the, like it was it was very cool like seeing the seeing the three spider-men together really cool um mm-hmm. it was kind of jarring because like there were two of the spider-man villains that they brought in that yeah. i was like oh yeah i remember this one <laughs> and then the two from uh the two that were obviously from the uh, amazing spider-man movies yeah. were like oh yeah i think i remember jamie fox being in <laughs> yeah. one of those right <laughs> yeah that was a thing i remember that i, definitely I didn't see that. that i didn't see that movie though <laughs> i didn't see either of the the andrew garfield spider-man movies they were okay or the third Tobey Maguire one, but I heard that, that one was one terrible. not okay. Yeah. <laughs> that movie was objectively bad. I, I, like, I only have seen that from, like, memes of how weird it is. Well, like, him doing his, his, his dance down the street and... That's the one. And, uh, <laughs> and what's his name? I'm blanking on everyone's name today, but um, where, where he's eating the pie, and he's like, oh, so good. What, what the hell is that actor's name? Oh, it's going to bother me. Uh, James Franco? Yeah, James Franco. Yeah, thank you. Man, my 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 word retrieval, memory retrieval skills are they're they're just they're just not there. I was I was teaching a class the other day and I literally blanked on <laughs> the the idea of digital preservation. I was like, yeah, you know the thing where you you you, you hold on to stuff and you 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 keep it as a library and 
it's like digital and um then I sat there for a minute, I was like, God, what is the word? And one of the students was like, digital <laughs> preservation. I was like, yeah, that's it, thanks. <laughs> oh, boy. Man, I'm, like, the man, one at, I'm the one in a weird time zone right now. <laughs> no, I think my brain's just done. I don't, it's a little early for that in my life, but what can I say? <laughs> well, we had a good run. You know, it, it was all right. <laughs> Well, that's cool. I'm glad you got to see the movie. I think that's the best movie of the Marvel movie that have come out in the last, you know, four years or whatever. Because overall, what I was going to say is that we, I wanted, I wanted, okay, so I wanted to eat movie popcorn because it's delicious. And we sure. bought a bucket for the uh, local movie theater. You could buy a bucket for like 20 bucks and then to get, to refill it was like $3 or something when you go. And so I was like, oh, I, I kind of want to have some movie popcorn. Instead of just going to the theater, buying movie popcorn, and then coming home and watching something I wanted to watch, we, we watched Black Adam. And, man, that movie just – it was just boring. Like, I'm, I, I'm just really bored of the comic book formula. I was, I, Thor was kind of in the same boat. Um, I was sort of excited to see Wakanda, and now I'm just not sure anymore. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of done with comic book movies until – something happens where at least the there's some sort of thread that pulls them all together because that's really what made the last like the main set of the marvel excitement for me was oh man i can't wait to get to that point where they fight thanos right yeah because when they when they showed him at the end of the first movie i was like holy crap and so it's they're really missing that thread now where i just don't care about the characters enough to watch them have their adventure and then that's the end of it i guess i don't know yeah, it does feel like the, you know, I wasn't really deep into the into the whole MCU situation until, like, probably shortly after the first Avengers movie. Yeah. And, like, it really started feeling like it was building up to something big, and there was a, there was a very solid sort of plot-related through line. On yeah. each of the on each of the movies, and it does feel like they're trying to do that, but it, I I think partially because of the, um, I, I think partially because of how much stuff is, sort of relegated to Disney Plus at this point. Yeah, and and I don't I wasn't sure. I think that they're not sure. I mean, they probably have an idea of what they're doing, obviously. But it felt like you're saying Disney Plus was a part of it, and because because Loki. The show I that was I ended up I did watch that one last year and it was enjoyable and they they, they the character like the big bad they revealed in that is a really important comic book villain and that was cool but then the movies aren't doing anything with it and I was confused and then I find out mm-hmm. that the Ant Man movie is going to be the first one that kind of connects that thread of all of the the multiverses and bring everything together I was like oh okay so Ant Man is really the movie that may be interesting in terms of creating a thread of, hey, here's how we're going to connect everyone again to have a, you know, a big, cool fight that they're going to do together or something. I don't know. And maybe they'll bring in X-Men and all that, which is really, let's be real, that's that's what I want now. Because I don't care that much yeah. about, like, I, I never really read Marvel comics, but I do, li- I like the Hulk, and they don't care about the Hulk. In fact, my God, at the end of the last, I didn't see it, but my buddy told me that the end of the last She-Hulk episode, spoilers, I suppose, it's it it ends with Hulk walking into the room and being like, "Hey, here's my son." It's like, man, you hate the MCU doesn't know what to do with the Hulk, so they're like, "Well, screw it. Let's just pretend the Hulk doesn't exist and make baby Hulk." <laughs> but he's like a teenager or something, because right, because right. nobody. It feels like no one knows how to write the Hulk as a as a character because right. it's sort of like writing Saitama. 
outside of an anime where Saitama works in anime because of how anime works because of how it functions in terms of characters and development and it's fun to have that but having a person that's literally invincible and and can't die uh makes it weird and so in the hulk what they did is they're like oh we're just going to make him have psychological problems instead so like he can't he doesn't want to fight or he wants to be the scientist version and so you know they don't know what to do with him but eh, and i like and i like like the x-men character so hopefully that will kind of spark my excitement for those you know what you what you end up getting is that hulk is not a character hulk is a solution right yeah like he, he he's not like an actual person he's not because the whole the whole struggle with like oh well you know i don't have control over my body and i'm a monster now like that's kind of the core of the like original hulk yeah story is like you know i can't control myself when i get angry and now he's kind of like in mcu terms we're past that Right now, yeah, now he's just, he's just a, always a scientist version, and he doesn't even like fighting anymore, so now it's like, well, what do we do with this character? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, like, I mean, I guess there's interesting stuff to be done there, but... Oh, I'm sure they could, don't get me wrong, but the, the, for, for me, the reason I like the Hulk is because, you know, I like watching the, the, the thing punch the other thing really strong. <laughs> like, yeah, like, my fair. favorite... Like, my favorite Hulk comic book is World War Hulk, where he has to fight all of the Avengers, and, you know, he doesn't kill them, but he beats them all up, except for uh, uh, the Sentry, who is, he's basically, like, the MCU's Superman in a way, but he's also, um, he's an agoraph- uh, he's agoraphobic, so he's, like, afraid of going outside and being in spaces like that, mm. and he ends up coming out and fighting the Hulk, and it's this, like, earth-shattering thing that fights, and it's really cool, and... I've been hoping for that as as a movie someday, but it, I don't know if we'll ever get it because how do you how do you do that in a movie setting? Like it's some things just don't translate well to the to to quote unquote real life sort yeah. of like you know Batman and Superman fighting only works in a comic book because it's okay to have the the regular human billionaire punch the the god from another planet in the face with a kryptonite ring and be like yeah that makes sense. But and when you see a person doing it to him, you're sort of like. <laughs> This is just silly. <laughs> it doesn't fit. It's it's sort of why anime is a, a great medium for that type, or animation in general, sort of a great way yeah. to tell that sort of story because you can let go of all your real world gripes of being like, how is Batman hiding in the dumpster and Superman doesn't know he's there? Like, right, yeah. That's <laughs> like, just stupid. It's so much easier to suspend your disbelief. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. it's already like, your brain is already processing it as like, it, well, it's not real. It doesn't need to be real. Yeah, yep. Yeah, and that's why sports animes are super fun, right? Super Be- because, fun. Because, like, that's that's part of the joy is, yes, it's just a person, you know, dunking the ball, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> this person is fighting, you know, a, a, a god-level threat of, and it's not even another person, it's just the hoop. <laughs> and he is going to dunk the hell out of that thing, and you're going to get those emotions of, of watching, you know, Gohan charging up to save the planet, but it's just someone scoring a basket. If you want... A the true experience of an uh, of an anime series that is just basketball superpowers, like that's Kuroko's basketball. <laughs> Kuroko's think... Kuroko's basketball like features a features a character 
who is 100% from, like, three-point shooting from any point on the floor unless you can specifically block his shot. (laughs) There is a game where he is literally just rainbowing threes from the back corner of the court. Like, 95-foot shots with 100% accuracy. And it's How do like, we stop this man? And the only way that you get him to miss is, like, you specifically have to have someone jump up and slap the ball out of his hands as he shoots. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that. now picture that, but with you know, real people. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> but in like, anime, I'm already getting hyped up thinking about it. Yeah. And like everybody in that series has some sort of basketball superpower that's impossible on about that level. Yeah, that sounds that sounds lovely. You know, the 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 crossover move where like, you know, he dribbles and everyone has to like He's the he's the king and he makes everyone kneel <laughs> because he does the crossover move and everyone, you know, it breaks everyone down. So they go down on one knee because yeah. their they spirits have been the... crushed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> There's no way to recover at this point. <laughs> oh, goodness. Would you like to take a question? I'd love to. Yeah, please. Our, our first. Uh. Our first intercontinental question. Oh wow! It's in that, be... well, in that Heck, I am, be... in that I am on a different continent, not the, not necessarily the, the, the question asker, asker of the question. I was going to um, say we could have we could have triple continental, di- you know, divide here. It's entirely possible if if someone's from know. Europe, or yeah. uh, Europe or, or South America, then we yeah, have, sure, uh, or... or I guess Australia, yeah, or Africa. Antarctica. Yeah, don't forget. <laughs> I like that you anyway. came up with Antarctica before Africa. <laughs> well, I was just thinking that one because I was like, Dean's not going to say it because no one really lives there. Unless That's true. Even, I mean, I suppose he could be a penguin or she. I don't yeah, know. From, the, from the research station. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they're just hiding from polar bears. And uh, in between, they're listening to our podcast. You know, it's possible. So, fun fact. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to cue the music this week. Because I don't have all of the files that I normally use. Would you like to hum it? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that would it would be difficult to do that and answer the question at the same time. I'll see if I can find it, but I'll have to re-download it from somewhere. So I'm just. It would be great if you could just find like an off-tune version of it. Just like just just make it sound weird. Then I could get like a different version of the theme. From like, <laughs> like, like a bad MIDI of it. Yeah, because I think I have the arcade version of the Paperboy theme, but I could take like, uh, I could take like the NES version, which would yeah, sound yeah, like was... significantly less developed. Yeah, that sounds that sounds that sounds lovely. I don't know why, but sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I will find a version of the Paperboy theme and we'll use it. Um, yeah, you'll know if this conversation makes any sense or not. Yeah. Already. <laughs> <laughs> well. I didn't actually like. I said I wasn't sure if I'd be able to cue the music. No, this is I didn't my actually fault. Say cue the music, but now I'm saying cue the music. Um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take two pieces of mail because one of them is a follow up to the question we had last week. 
Okay. Um, this one's from uh, Andrew, who asked us last week about a uh, soundtrack for our lives. Also, oh, yeah. um, I also he specifically uh, asked us to call him Andy, which I okay. didn't do, but will now. Yeah, yeah, we should, you know, um, we should try and be respectful of that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Uh, he asked last week about a like if you had like a diegetic real life real world soundtrack to mm-hmm. to go over your life and we sort of asked if he wanted to answer that question himself so um andy says if i had to choose a game soundtrack a game to soundtrack my life i would have to go with hollow knight I'm a big fan as has the as has the ambience I crave with the relaxing, slow-moving rhythms, while also having enough high-energy music mixed in to play into my moments of inspiration and hard work. Yeah. Also, some comments about Shadow of so some of your comments about Shadows of the Empire on the last podcast. Because I I believe I briefly talked about Shadows of the Empire being like my first N64 game. Yeah. And it not being good. And then you didn't like it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I remember. <laughs> well, like, it was... I didn't necessarily say that I didn't like it, I don't think. I, I, have, I, to, think... I have to replay the tape. What I was trying to convey is that, like, it was one of my first games that I played on the system. Yeah, and it didn't matter if it was, if it was And it, like, it was impressive and cool to me, even though it may not have objectively been good. I think that's... I do believe that is what you were trying to say. Although I, I can totally see how it sounds like, yeah, this game's bad, but I remember it because I played yeah. it first. Um, and he says, besides the fickle movement and the odd camera and jumping... Uh, <laughs> besides all of the controls in the video game... <laughs> and being able Empire, to see what's happening. Shadows of the Empire is a fantastic game that definitely deserves a playthrough on your end. No, it is... I, I, I don't know. I have fond memories of that game for similar reasons as you. Um, I've never thought about it as being good or bad because I don't remember. Yeah, kind of what same. it feels like anymore. Yeah, I can't it's imagine. Been too long. I can't imagine it's gonna feel good to play today. It's a third-person shooter on the Nintendo 64. So With, yeah, there's a there's an upper limit to how good it can be. I would be willing. I would be willing to give it a try, though. I, I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested. I would. I would. I would like to. I would. I would play it again. Or I would, <laughs> I would play a couple stages and then decide if I would play it again. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I think that's perfectly fair. <laughs> hey, did you and see? Then, and then Andy says, uh, and then he says, uh, "Thanks for breaking it down each week." Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for thanks for writing in. It's it's really nice to uh, have folks asking questions and being a part of the this part of the podcast. Yeah, I really appreciate it. <laughs> wow, that was that was a that was a a quick. Or wait, did you say you had two news? I've two. That, oh, okay. Because okay. that wasn't a question. That was just a follow oh, right. up to last week's question. But yeah, I wanted to right. I wanted to get to it so that uh, it didn't so that it was still current because it was about yeah, last no, week's question. No, that's really nice. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, now the question question has been sitting since uh, September sixth. Okay, so like a week ago. <laughs> or two months. Yeah, you know, whatever. Um, this one's from Swoggles, and we've got a we've got a story problem here. Oh, okay, okay. 
This is a this is a Dean childhood specialty then. Yeah. I you know I love to ramble. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Swoggle says, let's set the stage. You're out with friends. There's like ten plus people in total. This is already I don't have ten friends. This is already (laughs) difficult for me because like (laughs) if there's ten people in a crowd, I'm trying to leave. (laughs) Like how we both we both immediately were like, yeah, this is this is gonna be a total uh use of imagination or or like (laughs) I I immediately can't relate. And you were setting the stage. And it gets worse. You're okay. not friend you're not friends with most of the people and most of them aren't gamers. Okay. So I can only assume I'm being held hostage. <laughs> I am at a wedding. <laughs> oh god, that's the yeah, no. That's the that's the one. That's the one. Um somehow in this group of 10 plus people that are not gamers or your friends, the topic of the podcast comes up. Okay. They ask what is important and interesting about old games and why did it become the subject of your podcast? How do you respond? Um, Okay. So those are two different questions. Sure. Fair. How did like, why are old games interesting and important is one question. Why did it become the subject of the podcast is a very different question. If I'm answering I mean, it, if I'm answering it completely honestly. So let's start with, let's start with the second one. Yeah. I mean, to say nothing of the fact <laughs> that I'm not entirely sure how we even got to the, 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 the podcast in this, in this specific, specific setting to begin with. But I, I like the setup. I like the idea. Um, I will straight as, as the person who pitched the idea to you um, in the first place, I can say uh, very confidently that the reason why I pitched the idea to you as doing a, a retro gaming podcast is because... I knew I wanted to do a gaming podcast. I, but I felt like there needed to be an angle. So it wasn't just like a general gaming podcast because that's way too broad. Yeah. And we don't play a lot of new, new stuff. So it'd be, it'd be hard to, it'd be hard to go week to week thinking about what we're talking about. Yeah. We'd end up just talking about old games anyways, probably. Yeah, exactly. It couldn't just be about like, the the newest hottest stuff because we're not going to be playing most of that yeah like like Mo- i think modern warfare what one of the modern warfare is released in the last week right and um i'm never going to play it so we wouldn't be talking about it but it's a big release it's something yeah. that a lot of people are playing yeah 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 so it's it's one of those things where like i wanted a i wanted a particular angle to do a gaming podcast and since we're both in our mid to late 30s and we both like old games and i really really like the experience of sort of discovering stuff that i either didn't play um when it came out or haven't played since it came out it generally they not all the games that we've covered have fallen under either of those some of them are mario 64 which we play every couple of years i'm never playing it again (laughs) never again until it comes out on another thing that you have. Until, 
until I look at the 64 controller for the Switch, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I could play it one more time. Yeah. So yeah, it, it really was just like I wanted a I wanted a particular angle for the pod. I wanted to do a podcast, and I wanted it to be centered around a particular idea. And retro gaming stood out because that's what I was doing a lot of anyway, and and I knew you'd be receptive to it. And we just sort of dis- do sort of a, a delayed review of something that came out 20, 30 years ago. So I thought that would be fun, and it's worked out really well. But it really was just an, an arbitrary decision of like, you know, what? how can I have a gaming podcast and have it be more focused than just, hey, it's about video games? Yeah, yeah. And I think I think for me, I just said, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. Sounds fun. Uh-huh. I, I, I remember when we were talking about it, I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And that's I didn't I didn't really have a a strong opinion. I like for me. So when it comes to old games and talking about old games, I really like looking at the world from a point of of history. I enjoy talking about you know in a, in a class if I'm teaching about um, technology. I like looking at mm-hmm. it from a historical perspective first and giving some background. Like, hey, look at here's where we're at. Like, what's changed? What hasn't changed? Yada yada yada. Right. Uh, when it comes to old games, I just like playing i like talking about them because some of it's nostalgia some of it's like i always wanted to play that but mm-hmm. i never did and this was the excuse to get me to play because otherwise i wouldn't play 90 percent of the stuff that we've played right because there's other things that i do instead um but i'm i'm, I'm also I, not you and i would never have discovered the majesty of riding fight yeah no never absolutely not i mean there, there's a lot of experiences that we've had because of the podcast and that's that's awesome i'm yeah. also it's funny because I don't particularly – it's weird to say this, I guess, on a retro gaming podcast, but I, I truly don't care if <laughs> someone plays old video games or not. Like, it, I don't think that old video games are somehow more important than new video games or new video games are more important than old video games. I think you should just have fun playing video games in general. Like, I don't think that there's, like, a right or a wrong way oh, to yeah. experience them or even think about them. And if you hate old video games, that's cool. Like, that's chill. It it doesn't I, I don't think that for me it's not like a hey, I want the world to see this and understand how important this was or understand like this is this is where it all came from. Like, yeah, whatever. If that's yeah. not your thing, that's that's no big deal to me. Those things interest me, but I don't think they need to I don't think they need to interest everyone. Sure. Um I, I'm completely with you. Like the um uh, my good friend uh, Deliria at yeah. twitch.tv slash Deliria, go give her a follow. Um, <laughs> she does she, awesome crafts, by the way. Yeah, she does. Um, my, my mom, I, we, I get, sorry to that sidetrack yeah, shortly, yeah. but I, one, one Christmas I gave my mom a bunch of the, the, the crocheted characters from the Rudolph movie that Deliria, uh, crocheted because Leticia <laughs> tried doing it. She's like, this is impossible. <laughs> yeah. She's, <laughs> she's very, she's very talented at it. Yeah. Yep. Um, but she plays all sorts of games. She plays, uh, she plays like No Man's Sky. She's, um, I believe, she's been playing uh, Cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah, I know um, she. I know she definitely played it when it came out, and maybe is getting back into it or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's like she plays a lot of stuff. She she tends towards a lot of the sort of like open world crafty games. Yeah, yeah. I saw um, her playing The Sims and um, yeah, mm-hmm. like that the Ooblets game, which kind of yep. falls into that 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 realm but she'll be the first one to tell you like oh yeah i've never played a zelda game 
right? Or yeah. A, or a Mario game, or like a lot of these sort of timeless franchises, and you know, it's it's one of those things where it's you know, a lot of people would be like, oh, well, you should at least play, you know, Ocarina of Time because that's a, yeah. you know, that's a that's a it's a historically it's a historically important masterpiece. Sure. And it's like, but yeah, but why though? Like, yeah, like <laughs> I'm not I'm not even saying that she wouldn't necessarily enjoy it because her gaming interests are varied enough where she, you know, she'd probably pick it up and have a good time with it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not a it's not a must it's not a requirement like you can you can absolutely have a great time playing video games in your life and never touch a zelda game and that's totally okay yeah absolutely like if if i were to have kids or something like that i would i would offer i would present the opportunity to experience games that i found important in my life or that i like but i'd be like that's cool you want to play Fortnite all day i don't yeah i'm not gonna <laughs> slap Fortnite and minecraft out of your hands and tell you that you have to play mario 3 i'm just yeah that's not yeah because to put that into perspective i can't imagine like my dad walking up and being like you know you're only playing pac-man well it's what kids used to do with music or it's what parents used to do with their kids with music right like this sure is, yeah this is real music yeah, right, right, right. Raise yeah, you on the good stuff. Yeah, because <laughs> clearly every decision made in our generation or their generation was the right decision. So obviously we made the best video games or had the best music. <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time. Don't que- Don't think about it. Don't question it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's. I so I guess basically to 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 boil it down for me. I, I like playing old games and it's fun to, to play them and it, it gives me a great excuse to go back and, and experience stuff that we missed out on or never even heard of. Like, I had never heard of Riding Fight and I, I know that's that's just the most recent one and I'm having a hard time remembering the other hundred games we've played. <laughs> but, I know. But, I like, know. that one in particular, like, it's really it's really just an excuse to... I, what I would tell these strangers at this wedding um, or friends, I guess some of them are maybe friends, I'm not sure. That I, I just I wanted to talk to my my pal each week and about a video game and this worked out really well. Yeah. And that's really that's really what it boils down to for me. It's not some lofty it's it's nothing beyond that. It's not like I was I wanted the world to experience old games because I think they're important. It was really more, hey, this sounds like fun. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a retro game podcaster for fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna answer the, the question as honestly as i can like why do i I, it's not that i don't think old games are important i think no no me neither it's like it's like the you know the old um yeah the the historical value of any media old Mm -hmm. movies old music old books hardware everything yeah yeah like any of that like i think it's interesting it lets you sort of it lets you sort of look at where things started and like where some modern sensibilities may have come from. Um, yeah, what well, is really mind blowing when you play a video game that has a bunch of features that you're that you then think, whoa, whoa, this is incredibly advanced for the time. Like this yeah. was way beyond what I expected of a video game then, and maybe that's why it didn't do well, or maybe that's yeah, maybe why it, it's remembered well, or whatever it is. Like that, that's that's such same, an awesome experience. At the same time, it's this it's. You know, when you go back into like the 80s, especially, 
it's this wild and untamed time. Yeah. Where, like, there is a lot... I'm not saying that, like, everything is the same and boring now. There are some incredible no. games coming out right now that are really pushing the medium in in interesting directions and doing things that were that were never conceived of before. And that's awesome. But we also have some ideas about game design that are tried and tested and proven and known. Yeah, think 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 about it like this. So the time this is probably not 100% accurate but it's going to be close. The time from today to when Grand Theft Auto 3 came out is the same distance as when Grand Theft Auto 3 came out to like Pac-Man, right? And think about like the that. difference right, and think about the difference of what games were between Pac-Man and Grand Theft Auto 3 compared to Grand Theft Auto 3 to today. Like, you could dump someone that's played only recent stuff and give them Grand Theft Auto 3, and it's going to be clunky and awkward, but they're going to get the gist of it immediately. Yeah, they will pick Whereas, it up and know exactly what's going on. Right, because there's a, not a lot of... A lot of game design is the same in terms of that. That doesn't mean it's not fun, doesn't mean it's not refined, doesn't mean there's not awesome new features and stuff. I'm not saying any of that. Uh, yeah, but it, when doesn't, you look it at, doesn't mean it's not creative. It's just that, like, correct. we know what we're doing now. There yeah, are yeah. there are tenants of game design that are like there, yeah there's pillars known. there's temples yeah they where it's like if you want to make a game like this here's what you do here are some things some rules that people generally stick to to make it a good game mm-hmm. and going back to an era where those things were still being figured out is fascinating yeah and it's it's a lot of fun to 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 see it and be and to experience it. <laughs> and sometimes it's good and sometimes you're like yeah this needed a little more time in the oven <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes the game's not following those those rules and those strategies is a disaster <laughs> and sometimes it ends up with this like really messy but really interesting approach that you just wouldn't get these days because there's just, people just understand and have those things refined too much to yeah, make and the, those kinds of mistakes. Yeah, and the cost of making them. Yeah. And that's that's sort of the joy of having indie games and small studio games that are making games in the style of older games yes. in terms of what they look like because it, it reduces that massive barrier of entry. Like if I was a if I was a giant company, I wouldn't want to give you, hey, here's a hundred million dollars, you know, make something we've never seen before. That's a that's a, that's a dangerous proposition. Right, right, right. Exactly. So it's like, make we know that this type of game sells. We're investing big money in it, so just make that. Yeah, and it's the same yeah. that it's the same thing the movie industry does. Like, don't yes, make yeah. anything different. Makes the stuff that we know sells, and we'll put a billion dollars of marketing into it, and it'll make us money. Yeah, and that's that's why movies like um, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once is a really exciting. It was a it was an exciting kind of superhero-y-esque movie. I mean, it's not a superhero exactly, but it's, it does. I know what you mean. It's supernatural. Yeah, like does some multiverse kind of stuff, which is now associated with comic books in general, right? Right. So that, that to me was a movie that was, it kind of broke those 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 barriers of, hey, here's, here's how it's going to go, the exact, because, you know, you see a comic book movie and you more or less know the beats and you're just kind of waiting to see how they unfold. And and that's part of the, the joy of going back and seeing an old a video game and playing it and being like, I don't know what I'm going to get out of this. Even if I kind of understand what it's going to be, I'm not sure. I don't know what, how they're going to get there. And sometimes it's 
storytelling. <laughs> Sometimes it's just, you know, the actual mechanics. Sometimes it's art where, you you know, when the, again, it's just fresh in the memory. But seeing right. riding fight and watching, like, the, the seeing, like, that sort of 3D Mode 7-ish art style was was awesome. And I, yeah. I, I liked pretending being, you know, an eight-year-old kid in an arcade, seeing that for the first time, being like, what would this have felt like next to OutRun? <laughs> Yeah, 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 or, yeah. Or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's it's 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 fun. It's it's just I just I just think it's fun to go back and play old stuff from time to time. As much as it's fun to get hyped about a new video game experience for me, it's it's. I think I just yeah. like playing video games. <laughs> that's that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> I like I like video games, and I like having an excuse to to, which is stupid because of course I could just spend my time however I want, but apparently I needed an excuse of, of a podcast with you to, to, to get around to finally playing some of those games. Well, it, it focuses the idea, right? Like instead of having, instead of having like all of this time and all of these games and just having to like force yourself to sit down and be like, okay, we're going to play this one. Like it gives us a reason to act. It gives us a reason to actually force that and be like, okay, now we have to do we have to pick one and go like we yeah did, it's, it's or or when i see a release like oh sorry like i was just gonna transition and say like we did literally yesterday <laughs> with dr mario 64 <laughs> where i woke up in the middle of the night because my circadian rhythm my circadian rhythms are still messed up and i was just i just hooked up the switch and it was like two in the morning here because my body was like, hey, cool, one in the afternoon. Wake up. Did you grab a brush and put a little makeup? <laughs> and I just scrolled through some of the stuff on the Switch and was like, oh, yeah, Dr. Dr. Mario 64 is on this. And I started <laughs> playing it. And then I was like, oh, no, five hours are gone. <laughs> and then I messaged you and was like, hey, what are we doing for the podcast this week? Because... <laughs> I just played several hours of Dr. Mario 64, so I mean, like, you know. <laughs> so, like, uh, let's talk about Dr. Mario 64. Sure. All right. So. Let me say something right off the bat. Yeah, go for it, because I don't know okay. how to open this. No, you're, you're, it's, 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 it's reasonable. Dr. Mario 64 is Dr. Mario. The thing that I was most excited about while playing Dr. Mario 64 was how much I wanted to Wario Land. Because the characters in Dr. Mario are from Wario Land 3. Yeah, so I noticed that too. Because, and I noticed that specifically because I was going through it and I was like, who the hell is any of this? <laughs> Have you never played Wario Land 3? I've never played any Wario Land game. Dude, that's what we're, we got. Okay, I know I just said you don't have to play stuff, but I can say it to you because we have a retro podcast. Yeah, no, we that's kind of how it Wario. goes. We have to play Wario Land. I don't care which one. We can start with three. Doesn't matter. That's do we, that, that. Okay. Do we do we have to play them in order to get the the, plot? the full experience? The full experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, you know, we might not understand who the Lolly Lule Low are if we don't uh, start with Wario Land One. <laughs> I like this. There's a moment here where you're like, "Is Tom serious?" <laughs> I do, I'm honestly wondering because like. <laughs> I frequently forget that the Wario Land games exist because I Fair. I mean played... Nintendo forgets that they exist. So yeah, that's Nintendo that's Nintendo forgets about half their IPs all the time. <laughs> I mean, yes, true. Shout out shout outs to Pilot Wings. 
Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, we got. I got to play that because you finished it already. So that will be coming up. Yeah, Pilot Wings is a ton, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, I mean, probably. Oh, true. I can hate it. Although, I don't know. anyways. <laughs> yeah. So I I was I I booted it up. Okay. Here here's my here's my starting experience with, with Doctor Mario sixty. Yeah. Um. I booted it up immediately i'm like what is this aesthetic did they put this in the paper mario aesthetic <laughs> yeah no you're totally right yes <laughs> like i forgot what it looked like like this like the story and the, the the menus and everything yeah it looks like the it's it's definitely that and that sort of late <laughs> n64 um aesthetic like paper it mario looks end, like this uh yoshi story looks like this um, Yoshi's Story was pretty early, wasn't it? And I, th- I feel like Yoshi's Story was fairly early in the '64. It? it may I think have been. So. I mean, whatever. Doc- the, the Doctor Mario was like 2001, so it's we're getting close to. Was the GameCube out already? It was close. I think it yeah, came it out ca- in 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe like early. Yeah. Anywho. Tangent. I just saw. A, I was reading a thing earlier about how uh, people were marking out about how good the GameCube's design, the logo design is. Oh, really? Um, I never noticed there's a C in the negative space of that logo. Oh, hold on. I'm, I need to see look up the GameCube head. logo because, like, the actual part that you see, the, yeah. the crawl that does Yeah. Yeah. Amazing opening. Yeah. So that creates a G, and then there's a C in the negative space of it. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it. I mean, I saw the G for sure. Same. And then it was just a cube, so I pick, I figured that was a, you know, it was just, it it's was a, a cube. It's a cube inside another cube, and it and it creates the letters G and C. Like, A++++ logo, like, graphic design. The GameCube is my, it's probably my favorite system, only because of the memories I have associated with it. And I love that opening so like every time I turn a game on, or if I heard it right now, I get that oh, it, it would just hit me really hard for nostalgia because yeah. that was like my high school years where you know you're you're figuring out who you are sort of, although mm-hmm. I still don't have a clue. Um, That's fair. And <laughs> and like there's something really special to me about the GameCube, so. That's cool. I never noticed that. I never noticed. I never paid attention to this. Yeah, I, I probably even. I feel like we all saw it, but didn't think about it. <laughs> right, like. That's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, like I'm I'm sure at some point I probably noticed and was like, "Huh." But like now that I'm older and, you know, it's just yet another thing to look at and be like, "Hey, I have a new appreciation for that," which is kind of the whole point of the podcast. You know, that's true. That that is a big part of the podcast is 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 going back and appreciating stuff that you never did. Yeah. Before, like for me, like Ninja Gaiden was a big one. I, I oh, always yeah, wanted yeah. to play it and never did, and that was I I am so freaking happy I played that video. Yeah. I can't believe it took me 30 years. Or <laughs> 36 years. <laughs> that reminds me we should play uh we should play the sequels to that and we should also play Double Dragon 3. And... Yeah, yeah. I, but I, anyway, I, sorry, yes. <laughs> no, I mean we're 5 minutes into the discussion on Dr. Mario 64 <laughs> and we've gone off on several tangents to other things because honestly, <laughs> yeah, that sure is Dr. Mario. Let's be real. Let's be real. The Anyone that's listened to our podcast where we've talked about a, a puzzle game already expected 
<laughs> this is where the direction of the podcast was going to go fairly quickly. <laughs> That's probably true. So, <laughs> you so know, I will start- say it's, oh, sorry, sorry, please. So I, I started it up, right? And I'm like, is yeah. this Paper Mario style? And then I'm like, it's not, it's different. And I couldn't quite place how it was different. Now that I know it's Wario Land 3, I, I figured that out later. Um, ah. I, I looked it up for some, oh, I know why I looked um, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um, but I, I looked it up and saw like, oh, it includes characters from Mario Land 3. And I was like, that's why, that's why A, it looks so weird. And B, why it is using all of these characters and writing them as though I meant to know who they are already. <laughs> Because it does a lot of that. It's like, oh, no, it's blah, 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 character. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know who that is. And it's like, why are, okay. That's a that's a word or name that you said. <laughs> I guess, sure. I, my, You know, if you ever needed proof that Mario shouldn't have been a doctor, or he was, he, he was given his license a little too early, you know, because Mario... I, I believe he got his medical license like just four or five years after his first debut as a plumber. Doesn't seem yes. like enough time to go through medical school. And but, was and was a, a boxing referee at some point in the in the interim. Yeah, I, that's, the the dude's pretty impressive. I'm not sure if I, I I say this video game and the story of Doctor Mario 64 kind of gives credence to the fact that maybe he doesn't know what he's doing since his mega vitamins somehow supposedly cure people of aliens. <laughs> because that's correct the viruses are aliens mm-hmm. <laughs> um also it turns wario into vampires and then somehow these same mega vitamins cure wario from being a vampire i see that you got the true ending <laughs> i i don't know if mario deserves title of doctor here so i actually played through the story mode and um this is actually the reason why I uh, I looked it up because if you don't clear all of the stages in story mode without using a continue, mm-hmm. um, you don't get that vampire Wario fight. I mean, let's be clear here. It's safe states. No, I know. I know. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, it, it's and like I regret it now, but like I also played on hard for some reason. Oh, I'm Jesus. Like, because I'm like, hey, I'm good at Dr. Mario. I am. I am. I have very fond memories of Dr. Mario on the NES. I played a little bit on the 64. I never got to do any of the. I mean, I feel like I'm, we were missing out on the main reason to play this on the 64. I suppose half of it is the story reason, but maybe not even half, maybe like 30%. But the 70 other percent has to be the four player Dr. Mario action, which I never participated in with anyone, right. which I feel like that would be rad as hell because four player Tetris is some of the most intense. Yes. rage-inducing, also rewarding experiences I've ever had playing a multiplayer video game before. Yep. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I remember playing the... What was the Wii one called? Um, was it Tet- is Tetris something? I can't think of what the subtitle was for, for, for the Wii one that had online play. I don't know. But I remember being I matched up with so someone... There's so many of them. Yeah, I remember being matched up with someone in Japan, and I was like, oh my god. And I, and I beat them at like the the end like it was the end of it all i was gonna die and i beat him i was like yeah I'm, i remember screaming at the the tv i was so excited that i i beat someone because they had the japanese flag somehow it felt more rewarding and my, my buddy was there was like yeah you probably beat like some four-year-old kid will you cool it <laughs> it's like oh yeah yeah you got a you got a good point there but there's something about puzzle games See, i i i say i say no and here's why <laughs> kids don't play tetris 
<laughs> Tetris <laughs> hey, is an that's old not true. people's Tetris did, did is you an see, old people's game. Did you see who won the the Tetris Grand Champion World Tour this year? Oh, it was a twelve year old, wasn't it? The, the two, the, well, they're not that young, but they're they're like in you know college age, like I think eight, somewhere between sixteen and twenty two. I don't know how old he was, but the two grand finalists were both young, and I didn't realize. Have you seen what the the strategy is for Tetris on NES is now? Where, where you oh, like I smack the it. bottom of the controller, like you do this rolling motion with your fingers to get to make it so yes. you hit the the buttons faster. It's I watched like so I saw what was happening and I turned. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? This person's holding the controller upside down. This other one's just smacking the bottom. Like, what am I missing here? <laughs> so I had to Google it. I googled something about smacking bottom controller Tetris, and then a video popped up where a gentleman explained it in vivid, clear detail. I was like, wow, thanks, internet. This is really cool. <laughs> But yeah, so Tetris, there I are mean, some there are some kids that are playing. I'm not going to lie. You said, like, I looked up a video. I looked up a video about, like, smacking bottom Tetris, and a gentleman came up, and I was like, um... <laughs> I mean, I, uh, if, if I added, like, you know, Rule 34 or something, I would have gotten probably completely different results. <laughs> it, the internet's a wild place. You may have gotten that result even without even without the modifier. <laughs> Maybe yeah. There was a yeah. There was a there was a breakthrough in Tetra strategy like the last year or two. I think yeah. It was, it was the last couple for, of years for, for sure. For NES Tetris especially, where they figured out a way to. Uh, uh, it's basically like hitting the button in like the, the 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 mechanism in the controller is getting smacked against your finger at a rapid pace. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to you having to press the button because that was way more stressful. So watching them play Tetris is, is is hilarious because some people are better at rolling and hitting the bottom of the controller with their right or left hand. So they're holding the controller like upside down and stuff. Yep. And this breakthrough happened because a younger kid broke, smashed all of the Tetris records on Twitch and... And to put them on YouTube and stuff, and they're like, "Holy crap, this is this is legit!" And now everyone does the rolling technique, and it's 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 very funny to watch if you don't know what's going on because it looks like they're just doing something weird with their controller. Yep. But sorry, I derailed the conversation completely because so, I was saying something about multiplayer, and we didn't, well, yeah. didn't do that. And the story mode gives you like a little taste of four player mode, mm-hmm. like the I want to say like the second to last or third to last fight. Um, yeah, is, I think I want to say it's the third one. It was the second or stage to last. seven. Yeah, it was the second to last one for me because oh, I didn't. Yeah, because I didn't get the last. I didn't get the last fight, and I was like, story mode was terrible. It barely, <laughs> it barely deserves to be called story. I mean, it's it's even with the last fight, I think that's fair. <laughs> that it honestly <laughs> reminded me of Kirby's Avalanche, which is like a Puyo Puyo oh, reskin. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like every like it gives you sort of a story mode, but it's just you're just moving from stage one to stage two to stage three. And then there's like there's like a couple of lines of dialogue between like Kirby and an enemy that are like and it it's every time it's just like, hi, Kirby. Hi, Waddle Dee. Yeah, I'm going to defeat you now. No, you're not. And then you start. Yeah, I mean, quite quite honestly, the only reason the story is there is because they were like, oh, we have to have a story now. Yeah. Because that's what people expect from a console video game. They, you can't just give them a puzzle game and say that's it. Yeah, no, it's 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 tacked on and it's it's completely worthless. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> Other than the fact that I, I would like to play, we might be playing a Wario Land game on this podcast because of the story. So I can't be too annoyed about it. I, like, not even because of the story, just because of the inclusion of the characters. Mm, um, mm. Yeah, true, true. I will say that it was nice to play a Mario game and hear Charles Martinet's voice. Aw. You know, like, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm so used to it just being the, just being the, the sound effects. Yes. And now, like, and now you, you, you know, you hit your combos and you get a little woohoo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, ah, oh, that's, that's, that makes me happy. That's nice. <laughs> that feels all right. Did we talk, did we talk about the Mario movie trailer ever? I, I think we did. Cause I'm there, sh- either- I'm sure we must have. Because I, I I don't have anything to say about it, but I did see the video where they they made it, uh, where, where someone put in um, Linda from Bob's Burgers as like, because that's what Chris Pratt's accent sounds like. It sounds like that character. So now that I've heard her, like a thing that she said over top of Mario, it's like, oh crap, that's that's all I'm ever going to hear now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think this. But yeah, is- I know it. The saddest thing about that is just seeing how Mario's voice acting is better in every other language. Oh, really? I didn't even... Th- oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's been dubbed in, like, French, in Italian, in, like, like every other language that it's in. It's like, oh, oh, damn, that's... Yeah, Mario. Okay, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really jarring, too, because the other characters seem fine. Like, I, yeah. I wasn't... I, I didn't, Agreed. like... Jack Black as Bowser was was totally great. Like I didn't have I didn't have anything negative to say about it. Um, uh, oh God, I'm blanking on the, the the dude that plays Toad, but he sounded really good. Um, uh, Keegan Michael Key. Key. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's all we saw. And like the the it was it was funny because the trailer started. <laughs> you know, we saw we saw the Black Adam movie, and as we were leaving the theater, I was like, oh man, I don't know. And we, there was a posters for a bunch of other movies, and I saw the Mario poster. I was like, oh, you know. The trailer for the Mario movie was was way better than Black Adam. Am I excited for this? Is that the point? Is, is, this, is, this, is everything is everything now just trying to make you realize that the Mario movie is probably going to be enjoyable compared to everything else that's out there? I assume I'm not sure. that, that I assume that that movie is going to be like acceptable. Yeah, no, it's 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 one that I will. I will happily watch for free at some point. I, uh, yeah, uh, I assume it is going to be on the level of, like, the Sonic movie, where it's like, boy, this is just, like, an average trash movie. Yeah, like, this yeah, because that's... Is, this is an average junk food tier movie, but it'll be passable. That's that, It's funny you, you said Sonic. Well, I mean, I suppose it's not. It's obviously the, the correlation to be made. But when the Sonic movie came out, I, I was like, I'm never seeing this. I don't care. And then one day it was free on the... Uh, I don't know, some streaming streaming platform, and I watched it like, hey, I enjoyed that. Then I was like, wait, did I enjoy it? Or was I just expecting it to be the worst movie I'd ever seen in my life, and then it wasn't, so it was okay. I was like, yeah, that maybe maybe my, my expectations being what they were made it a more enjoyable experience, and I kind of picture Mario being in that category, where mm-hmm. if you go into it expecting a Minions movie, which is what it's going to be, then you'll probably be, you know, it'll be an enjoyable enough experience. Yeah. But I still really dislike Chris Pratt's voice as Mario. I can't. I can't help it. <laughs> it just sounds weird so far, and maybe that's just the trailer. Like, who knows? It's. It's kind of like. I think it's. I agree with you, 
But I can't help but feel that it's kind of unfair because we've heard like two lines. Yes, it's a hundred percent unfair. That's why I'm saying it's it's not. I I'm well aware of my biases and I'm the the feelings that I have about it are not. I know they're not something but to still, take like, into account. I, I it's echoing in my head just hearing and be like, "What is this place?" And it's like, "Okay, it's Chris Pratt." <laughs> Which, uh, so the thing is, if they had just used Chris Pratt's voice as Chris Pratt, it would have been way better. Like, if they didn't try to make, if they didn't yeah, they try to add to s- that weird Brooklyn accent to it, it would have been fine. I would have been like, all right, yeah, the, hey, this is Chris Pratt being Chris Pratt. Especially well, since it's supposed to be some isekai thing anyways. Like, who cares? Like, he doesn't need to sound like... To, they're trying to sell this whole thing where it's like, Chris Pratt's Mario voice is like nothing you've ever, like nothing you've ever heard before. Yeah, no one's ever like, done a Brooklyn accent ever. <laughs> And it's like, no, I've I've heard Chris Pratt say things. <laughs> like, just let it be. If if they had just said, hey, Chris Pratt's the voice, and it sounds like Chris Pratt, I would have been like, okay, they're doing this because they want Chris Pratt as the voice. Yeah. Like, no. I would have been okay with that. <laughs> they need that they need that celebrity juice for the movie. Yeah, I get it. Sure. Yeah, like that wouldn't that I would have never said anything negative about the the, the choice. Because I would have been like, yeah, that, that fits. That checks out. They need to have someone that can sell the movie. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we don't we don't have to keep talking about that. It was just something that uh, popped up as you know we're want to do it. We go through the podcast. So I had a weird thing about like thirty minutes into the game where I was like, "Huh, this is just Doctor Mario. Why does it suck?" Oh, I had what? like I had like a weird moment, and I think it's just that I was so nonplussed with Dory mode. Uh, okay. That I was just like I was being actively unsold on it, yeah. just because like it was so incredibly whatever. Yeah, it was. Um, but it's it, that's not it wasn't a big deal. Um, I also like there was something about the art style I I figured out after a while. Visually, I really wanted to like it, and the more I played it, the less I did. <laughs> I don't know. Just why like little that characters is. and stuff. Like, something about that, something about the the look of the viruses, like, I don't know, it, like, it looked somehow, like, less clear in a lot of ways than, like, NES Dr. Mario. That might partially be the 64 rendering in the... That's what it felt like, is something I wonder like if that. that's part of it, I don't, I really don't know. Um, but I played through the story and I was like... Man, that felt kind of bad because it, ostensibly it is just. I mean, it's just, Doctor Mario. Mario. Yeah. So like, it sh- there's no reason it should be bad. It doesn't play poorly. Like it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The I generally, work. I yeah, I generally don't like the music as much as the yeah. uh, as the original. Even the even there's like remixed new versions of like Fever and Chill. And I think mm-hmm. they're both worse than their their NES counterparts. Sure. Um, yeah. But then, like, ultimately, I think it's fine. But yeah. Yeah. then I tried Flash mode. Oh, I didn't do anything other than mess around in the story mode. Oh man, Flash mode completely reversed my whole opinion on on the entire Why? experience. So that is a like sort of speed round version of Dr. Mario, where instead of clearing the entire board of viruses, there are three viruses on the board that are flashing. Okay. And your Hence objective. The flash mode. Yes. And your objective is to clear only those three. 
you can clear everything else and it's fine because you have to like dig down to get to them. Yeah, because they're going to be random, randomly placed on the board. Right. So like, like you can clear all the rest of them, but none of the rest of them count. Your your clear condition is just get to these three and clear them as fast as you can. And it's a two player mode, so it's a race. That's cool. It completely changes your approach to the game. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, because because you're not you're not about being necessarily methodical, looking at the whole board, trying to make the best choice. You're like, I just need to get to that crap right there. Yeah. So you are like, you are putting things in the wrong spots and stacking things along the sides because you don't need them. If sometimes all of the, sometimes all of the, uh, the viruses are like on the left side. So you just put all of your things there to try to get down there as fast as possible and just completely ignore the right side. You just use that as a, as a garbage dump. It's a totally, (laughs) it's a totally different approach to the game and i there is a timer that counts up as you play i maxed that timer out at 99.59 because i just kept playing like it keeps going um you know like most um tetris or dr mario uh versus modes it does the like three out of five yeah yeah um so i was playing against one of the more difficult uh ai's and was actually losing quite a bit because my mindset on it was just, I was just playing Dr. Mario and I was like, I'll get down to him. I get down to him. And I was losing every time because <laughs> the AI knows to just like drill right down through the center to get to what you need to get to and not worry about anything else. <laughs> so like I'm having to completely refigure like, okay, well I need to get to this. There's like eight viruses on top of it. So what I can do instead is I can I can dig down through this kind of thinner spot and then hit that one like sideways. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like instead yeah. of instead of clearing out everything on top of it, go over a couple spaces to where you can get down there easier and just kind of slide in underneath or to the side of it. It's a totally different approach to playing and That's... I I was losing so much until I got the hang of it. And then I was like, I have to keep playing until I'm winning. <laughs> and that's it's, where the five hours went. Because so, the story mode takes like an hour. Yeah. So several hours later, I finally triumphed 21 games to 20. Holy and was, crap. And was like, yeah, that was fun. That was that's really awesome. fun. That's awesome. Um, I didn't try any of the others because I assume that like arcade mode is just play till you is just, you know, it's just play till you can't. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's marathon. There's uh, marathon. I know. There's like, I think time trials or something like that. Everything else was everything else in there was like, yeah, this makes sense. I know what this. Yeah, I know what this mode is going to be. But flash mode was like, that sounds interesting. And it was it was like the best experience I've had playing Dr. Mario in a that's that's so freaking cool. I was gonna tell you, like, hey, if you're gonna play, make sure you make sure you try out this mode. But then I wasn't sure if you were actually gonna do it, and I didn't want to make you feel like you had to put more time into it because <laughs> we're kind of scattered this week. What with me being, in, you know, thirteen in a thirteen hour different time zone, and like yeah, my schedule's been stuff. all messed up. <laughs> so, but I, I wanted to I wanted to tell you, like, hey try this out because like it's super even now i like we won't get it in time for the podcast obviously like if you if you have like you know 10 minutes fire that bad boy back up and try flash mode it's super cool that sounds 
Yeah, that sounds really awesome. The the only the only thing I I know from like is in different modes or like what's what's kind of makes it unique on the sixty four is that the multiplayer mode, the colors that you clear determine the garbage that gets dropped on people, which I think is sort of fun. Where where oh, one colors, yeah, like so one colors. Uh, I want to say it's blue goes one one person to the right, yellow is two, red is three, or something like that. I thought that was really a. a there's like that adds a lot of strategy. If you notice one of your friends is doing really well, be like, oh, I should clear these as fast as I can. And then I, if you get multiple colors at once, it does multiples. Right, but right, right. I I like that the that was a I thought that was a cool way of trying to determine another layer of strategy for the multiplayer aspect where yeah, the definitely. garbage you're clearing it goes to a specific spot because I know yeah. I don't have a freaking clue how garbage works in in Tetris other than the fact that when I clear a lot of lines, it gets dumped on someone. <laughs> That's it. It depends, like, it depends on the game, too. Like, my understanding of it is basically, like, um, when you clear lines, you send, like, one less than the amount that you clear to your opponent, unless it's actually a a four-line Tetris, and then you send all four. Okay, yeah. That sounds, that sounds reasonable. And then you, you can counteract the lines cleared if you clear lines, too, or something like that, right? Yeah. I don't know. But then there's, yeah, you can counteract them, but then there's also, like... You know, in some games you have the combos where if you clear, uh, if like consecutive drops are all line clearing, then sometimes those can send lines as well. Yeah, those get extra lines added up and then, because, you know, occasionally someone when you play against someone who's way better than you, you're like, oh, okay, you filled my, you filled me with eight lines of crap. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've placed three blocks and I'm now at the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> I, do that think that Do- I do think that dr mario's um method of like dealing with garbage is really interesting oh, what do you mean it, well like a lot of times garbage in in uh like like versus modes mm-hmm. is just like hey we're gonna throw you an extra line true we're yeah. gonna, like stack you up closer to the ceiling and this is just like now we're just gonna like we're just gonna drop two random things onto your screen and see if that messes you up yeah yeah and sometimes it does and sometimes sometimes you're like hell yeah yeah sometimes it helps and sometimes it's like oh god no why that one there specifically yeah i i I had a moment where garbage was dropped on me and i had a two-color piece and it was falling where i wanted it to and i slipped the two-color piece like in between the uh like or maybe it was on top of it. I'm probably conflating how it worked, but I don't know. It cleared the thing that I needed it to clear. It was perfect. I was like, "That was awesome!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, no, I counteracted good. your garbage. <laughs> You've activated my trap card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My RNG trap card. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, you know what, Doctor Mario is fun. It is. It's, I, it's, I don't know what my initial feeling was, where it's like, and it's, and it's. It's just like me that I played the first few minutes of it and was like, man, this really isn't very much fun, is it? Like, why do I not like, uh, like, I like Dr. Mario, it's just Dr. Mario, why do I, why am I not into this? And then I continued to play for several more hours. <laughs> like, that's, that's a very, very me approach to that situation. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, and then, and then, <laughs> not only did you play it for longer, you then found the thing that hooked you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like hate playing it or or playing it because you felt like an obligation to finish the thing. You 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 genuinely were like, no, I really like this part now. I want to yeah. play more. Yeah. 
I did like it did sort of become an obligation because once I once I started playing that mode, I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this, and now I want more. I want to get more out of it now, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's where that's sort of where the insistence on uh, that's sort of where the insistence upon like, oh, I'm I'm gonna just keep playing until I take the lead mm-hmm. came from. It's like because that's my. In my mind, that's my, like, I beat it and I can put it down now threshold. Yeah, right. Right, yeah. Because like, like without having that, I might still be playing. <laughs> like, it was very addictive. If you, so, we never do this, how would how would you rate Paper Mario out of arbitrary scales? Paper like, where Mario? would you, or excuse me, not Paper Mario, uh, Dr. Mario. I was thinking of Paper Mario because somehow. Dr. Paper Mario. Yeah, Dr. Paper 64. Uh-oh. What? Where would you put Doctor Mario compared to? I don't right. know, like Tetris or something like that. Oh, I'm, I'm really, I don't know. Um, mm. I don't know. But it's I, okay I, if you don't have a real answer because it's a hard I have, one. See, I've heard that. Um, I've heard a lot of people whose whose opinions that I respect and enjoy say that like Doctor Mario is a pretty low tier. Yeah, I've 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 heard that too. I think that's a I think that's a popular way of viewing Dr. Mario. Um and I cannot in like if I'm being completely honest, I don't think that I can really refute a lot of what those people are saying about it. Like it all like it makes sense. There's three colors, there's a limit to how much you can do. Like it's very simplistic. It doesn't really scale up very fast. However, I think that the I, I think that a lot of the fun in Dr. Mario comes when you see kind of like there, there's like two types of Dr. Mario players, right? Mm-hmm. There's people who recognize horizontal plays, and then there's like most of the people who play Dr. Mario. <laughs> yeah, there's literally me and everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Where the game is like stack the color on the other on top of the other color, yeah, yeah, and that be, that makes it a very simple and straightforward puzzle game. Once you start working on the other direction of things, you start you start figuring out like, oh, I can like put three of this color on top, and then like lay this one down on its side to like take out the line of viruses sideways and then these ones drop down and combo onto the other ones there is depth and strategy in the game that i think most people don't get to Mm, i would agree with that it's it's you know having to i think it's only fair to have me answer the same question (laughs) and for for it's it's dr morrow's this really strange game for me because i have a I have a lot of nostalgia for the game. I played it quite a bit on the NES. I was never Same. any good yeah. at it. I was terrible. I'm genuinely a terrible Dr. Mario player, but I like it a lot for some reason. Although while playing the story of Dr. Mario 64, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't care. Like yep. I'd re- I, it's, it's this weird game where I don't think it matters. Even if I was playing the flash version, I'm pretty sure I would still be thinking to myself, Hmm, I think I'd rather just play Tetris. It's, yeah. it's really weird to have a game that I like a lot, I'm, I, when you suggested playing it, I was like, yeah, that sounds great. I, I, I could play some Dr. Mario. Uh, and then every time I play it, I'm kind of like, yeah, that was, that's cool. Eh, whatever. It's, 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 it's a, it's just kind of sits in this weird place for me as, as puzzle games go, where I like it. I recommend people to play it, 
but then when it comes to playing it myself, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll just I play could, Tetris instead. I could stop playing this at any time and be totally okay with that. Right. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I, it's, I think that sums it up. Like, I, I think there's a lot of puzzle games that I'd rather play. Mm-hmm. But I think Dr. Mario is one that I have a lot of fun with. And it kind of almost falls into that, like, bejeweled space. Sure, yeah. Of, like, it's simple enough to just pick up and go. And, like, a lot of the joy comes from being able to go play. I, you know, you know, the most fun I've had playing Dr. Mario in the last 10 years, let's say. It's been, it's less than that, really. But the, was the cell phone Dr. Mario game. I really liked playing Dr. Mario World or whatever it was called. I don't remember. Um, it's okay. That, they don't remember either. They shut it down after, like, a year. They did, yeah. I, I mean, I played it pretty regularly for like two months, and then then I was done. But I played yeah. it, you know, every day. I, I I use my like you get allotted time and all that stuff, and I had mm-hmm. a lot of fun playing it. And then I got to the point of every cell phone game where it's like, okay, now you want me to spend money, so the puzzles are bullshit. That's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then then I stopped playing it, which you know that's fine. I don't think I actually played it for two months. I think I probably played it for me. It was probably only several weeks, and I'm just my memory is shot. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly, <laughs> but fair. you know. It got to that point where it wasn't fun anymore because they wanted you to pay for it, yada, yada, yada. But I, I like the idea of Dr. Mario. I would be, it would be cool if they, you know, brought it back. But at the same time, if they're going to uh, start up a new, an old IP, I'd rather it be, you know, Wario Land. That, yeah. that would be, that would be better in my mind than doing another Dr. Mario reboot like, or something like that. Dr. Mario doesn't need another game. No. And I think, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's I think that's the takeaway that's, from, that's an interesting. That's a, that I think that's the takeaway from Doctor Mario sixty four is like, yeah, it didn't need to exist though. Like, <laughs> the, I like okay the four player mode. Admittedly, I didn't get much time with that, so I'm sure that's really cool. And if people really really like that four player mode, totally understand that. That yeah, that, would... that is something new and interesting. Um, yep. The the flash mode I had a lot of fun with. I don't know if that's in other. I know it's not in earlier Dr. Mario games. I don't know if it's in, like, other versions of it, but I thought that was a really interesting take on the formula. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's Dr. Mario, and for most of the time that I was playing it, I was like, I could be literally just playing this on the NES and have the exact same experience. <laughs> with with uh, more memorable music. Yeah. And so, like, if they did another Dr. Mario game, it would be like, okay, but why? There'd have to be some sort of hook. There'd have to be something that's different. It couldn't just be Dr. Mario again. There'd have to be an element to it that has changed, which is, I I imagine that plays partially why they've just kind of let it be. Dr. Mario is just a character in Smash Brothers to, you know, the majority of people that care about, or that know Nintendo these days. (laughs) Right. Like... (laughs) Tetris keeps getting re-releases and they try to like tweak some things about the aesthetic or add new game modes or something like that. But it ultimately is just always Tetris. Yeah. And and that's kind of the thing with puzzle games is like you can't change the core mechanics of the puzzle game because that's not how puzzles work. Yeah. So like if you're going to keep making these games, you have to change the window dressing. You can't change the the core item. Right. At play. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... Yeah, that's kind of how I, that's kind of generally how I felt about Dr. Mario 64 is like, 
it's some it's generally some updated window dressing but for like the way that i play dr mario i could have mostly played the nes version and had as much fun or more except for the flash mode which was really really good yeah and again we we didn't do any multiplayer stuff so that that's it's kind of yeah in in some ways it's not a fair you know judgment but it is for you because you wouldn't play that anyways correct yes so it, like, it, it really that that part does not impact you but you, did you have fun playing tetris 99 oh i love tetris 99 actually yeah so it's it's weird because if it was multiplayer like that then that would be a different idea in a lot of ways right because of the way dr the way mario the in that dr mario is the type of game where I would have, and may have, in fact, I, I there's a good chance that it was rented in my family household at one <laughs> Um But it's the type of game where I would have played it four-player multiplayer with my family, beaten the ever-loving hell out of all of them, and they all would have gotten <laughs> mad and stopped playing with me, and it would, so it wouldn't have been a fun experience. It wouldn't have been a good memory. And that's what a lot of my early multiplayer experiences are is being better than everyone in my gener in my immediate vicinity to the point where they all get mad and don't want to play and i have to feel bad about it and yeah. not having any opportunities to play with people who were closer to my skill level so there's just no joy in it in any either way yeah no i, I get that i was i was I've, I've been blessed with incredibly average uh, video game skills so it's always been fun to play multiplayer. yeah it sounds like i'm humble bragging but it's actually like kind of a curse more often than not because oh, the, the success thing is, is such a problem well the thing is it's like it's a very it's a very uh specific place to be which is like too good to like play with your friends casually but not good enough to play competitively sure yeah no i know i know what you mean so it's like, yeah, there's been times in my in my life where I've purposely sandbagged to help yep. some of my friends catch up because mm -hmm. it would be more fun where yep. it'd be like, yeah, OK, I'm just going to screw up this Mario Kart race a little bit, yeah. whatever it is, because it's I'd rather I'd rather not. And then there, there was I have this very distinct memory of playing Mario Kart 8. That is the, no, no. What was Mario Kart Wii? Which one is that? That's not eight. It's That's Mario six. Kart Wii. Is it? Yeah, I guess fine. Um, and I, I, I was. <laughs> I do think. I do think numerically it would be six. Yeah, I think so. And I remember. I, I want to say it was Dry Bowser on the motorcycle or something. I don't know. I remember lapping my the friends that I was playing with, and mm -hmm. they were like, "All right." And I was like, "Yeah, this is a uh, this is rough for you guys, isn't it?" <laughs> and they were, and I was like, "Yeah, that's this is this is not fun when you're when you are." that much better like it was fun for one race and then i was like yeah this i just feel uncomfortable now about yeah. doing this so then I, I i like would sandbag a bit and then it was way more yeah. fun yeah so that usually for me would take the form of uh self-imposed handicaps sure oh yeah yeah that's i mean that's a, a better way of doing it i suppose well yeah because it's like then you can like then you can feel like you're playing as hard as you can and you're not yeah. really holding yourself back but it's like okay well i just won't use this item Mm -hmm. Um, I had a thing in, uh, I had a thing in Mario, in Mario Party, because my family would play, would play a lot of Mario. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had a thing where I was not allowed to use magic lamps or steel stars from people. Ah, okay, sure. Like, you know, because you go to the, you go to Boo and you can pay 50 
50 coins to steal a star. Yeah. It's not counting chance time, because chance time is like, whatever happens, happens. Sometimes sure, you yeah. steal stars from people, and fine. But, um, but yeah, it'd be stuff like that, where I'm not allowed to, you know, I'm not allowed to use certain functions. So it acts as sort of a, it acts as sort of a, a pseudo-handicap without me having to, like, alter my play. That makes sense, sure. Yeah, and I, I've, I've never had to do, most of, all of my friends and I, we were all pretty much the exact same skill level for the most part, which was, which made it fun to play those games because we never had to think about <laughs> stuff like that where it was, oh man, except for fighting games, I had a couple, I had one friend who was a lot better than all of us at fighting games and that became really unfun Yeah, <laughs> to, to play. That might be one of the least fun experiences in gaming ever, honestly. Oh yeah. Is a fighting game or or like a like if you play something like StarCraft or whatever those kinds of games playing against someone that's way better than you is just just depressing sometimes. Yep. Pro CD, maybe that's not the right word, but yeah. Yeah, ProZD did a, did a uh, this video. That is loud in my ears. I I think I heard the start of a video. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. It was very loud. Um. I'm going to send you this video for you to watch like live during this podcast because it's 24 seconds and it's exactly what you're talking about. God, for I, a minute, I thought you were going to say 24 minutes as a joke. Like, in, it was, <laughs> Did I say 24 minutes? No, 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 you didn't. But that's where I thought you were going. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> but it's, it's literally exactly the thing that you're talking about where it's like the person who's like, hey, play a fighting game with me. Yeah. And that's it's cool. It'd be chill. And then they just like complete their their instant kill combo on you and and it's like yeah okay no i think i'm good now thanks <laughs> all right let's see i like prosy a lot i will link this video in the description yep <laughs> yeah that that sums up playing a fighting game and i'm not sure why every single person who's good at fighting games pretends they're gonna take it easy on you I don't yeah know. Why? Why is that the standard? It I wish is... they would just say, "I'm going to destroy you," but I want to try. I want to have fun. I want to show off how good I am at this game. Like that would at least be reasonable. But I've never met a fighting game player who's really good at fighting games that says, "I'll go easy on you," and then doesn't proceed to pick their best character and right. full combo you. Yeah, no, it's it's never like... happened to me. <laughs> and like, I will do that because, like, I I. I've tried to get people into, like, Smash Brothers before, right? Yeah. Like, when when Smash Brothers Brawl came out and, and Jesse and I were, like, early on in our relationship, it was kind of, like, the first game that we'd, like, bought together because she knew I was a big fan of Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. And we went to the midnight release and she was like, hey, yo, I'll play with you. And I'm like, okay, let me, like, we'll play together and I'll teach you how to play. Sure. And, like, the way that you do that is you turn the timer off. And then you like, you act as a training mode dummy. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's how you have to do that. Is you stand there and you let them figure out their controls and learn how their characters move, and and start to do stuff. If you are trying to get someone to play a fighting game with you, and you know how to play, and they do not know how to play, there is only like you have to be. You have to be in tutorial mode. Or else you're just being that person. You're yeah. just being that person who's like, no, it's fine. I'll take it easy on you. And then they proceed to just not do that at all. Even a little bit. 
You know, it's true. It's it like exactly the same situation of like multiplayer shooters. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think like, any skill base. I have I have distinct memories of like of like Jesse being talked into playing like a Call of Duty Modern Warfare game with her uh, with her brothers, and then just like losing. 35 kills to zero because like at the time she hadn't figured out the the dual stick control scheme yet and so is doing the whole like spinning at the ceiling thing yeah and like can't look at things and it's just like it's it's like walk walk headshot walk walk headshot dead grenade explosion like and people just do that, and they think it's funny, and then they're like, and then people don't want to play anymore, and they're like, oh, why? <laughs> I thought we were having fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I'm, and I know for sure that I am overly, uh, probably, I, I'm not sure what the right word is, but I'm overly aware of how someone else would feel mm-hmm. in that position. So maybe, maybe sometimes people would react better to, hey, it's okay to lose. Like, you don't, it doesn't have to be some, like, personal attack on you, right? Right, but right, right. I, I, hate, I hate that competitive nature with friends to the point that I don't even like playing board games most of the times unless they're co-op board games. Because I don't like beating my friend in a in a game for some reason. Like, it's like, I don't like that feeling. Yeah. And it feels weird. And so I'm, I'm, like, on the extreme other end of that sense of joy. Like, I don't, I don't feel good about beating a friend in, in a something in a game of skill, whatever it is. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't, I don't have that competitive nature, which isn't right or wrong. I'm not saying that it's just, I me. literally feel better about losing. Yeah. Yeah. I like it's, it's like, if they figure it out to the point where they can actually like, where they can actually beat me, I'm like, Hey, all right, you did it. You know, it's yeah. like that. It's like that teaching moment of like, I'm proud of you for doing that. And I get more joy out of that than, like, actually winning. Mm-hmm. At least, like, with friends. If I'm in, mm-hmm. a, if I'm in a specifically competitive space, like, in, in Cusa Grande, I feel a little bit bad about winning because, like, sometimes it means other people don't get to play anymore, and that sucks. Oh, of course. That's just, that's, I mean, in that, in that like, if I'm playing Dota 2 with my friends and we're playing against strangers, I am hyped up to win. Like, yeah. I, I, it's not that I don't have that that part of me. It's it's more now now young, younger me loved it. I thrived in that. Let's let's do some couch co op shooty stuff, and I'm gonna pop off if I win, and they're gonna pop off if they win, and there's no mm-hmm. ill feelings. I don't know what changed in me in the last ten years, but I don't. I wouldn't. I would not be as excited to win or lose in Goldeneye. Yeah, <laughs> like I'd be like, I don't really want to. I don't really want to do that. <laughs> I used to be highly competitive, and honestly, like. I don't want to point fingers here, mm-hmm. but most of the gameplay that I, most of the multiplayer gameplay that I did growing up was with my parents and my younger brother, all of whom would get salty with me when I would win, especially since like, usually there was a, there was a pretty significant skill gap there. Yeah. Um, And so like, I started having to... You know, I, I started having to nerf my my skill level down so that I wasn't winning as much. And then, like, eventually it just became more fun for me to not win because I wouldn't have to deal with the poor sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. You know? 
And mm-hmm. and it really just kind of over time killed any love that I had for for like most competitive or multiplayer games because that's always in the back of my mind of like if it's if it's versus in any way then I am constantly worried about whether or not I'm pissing the other person. And now, <laughs> and for co-op stuff, now a lot of that stuff happens in genres that I'm not particularly good at. So, like, now I have to worry about, like, am I playing well enough as a teammate to not piss off the other person that I'm... So it's easier yeah. to just avoid all of that and just not. Yeah, I've, I've had that experience in, in Dota sometimes if we're playing with people that I don't know where I don't want to make them well a some of some of the people that I've played with don't really know how to handle their feelings yep. someone that may not be as good as them mm-hmm. <laughs> uh even if I'm even if I am better than them listening like they will still have their strong opinions about whatever it is right so there of there's course. it's a weird it's a weird space to be in where it's like I want to play this game with my other friends but not this friend so maybe I'll just watch instead like I've done yep. that a few times where it's like mm-hmm. I don't want to be the person I don't want to be in this 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 space anymore. I'd I'd literally rather be on the sidelines enjoying, uh, just enjoying it with popcorn. Yes, <laughs> sometimes quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Doctor Mario. <laughs> this has been another retro breakdown podcast. Please join us next week. <laughs> we'll totally our... talk about a video game. We may not even. True, we may not. I mean, video games will be mentioned, but we don't know what we're doing, and neither do you.